Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm Andrew. Welcome to the WTF Podcast. If you're thinking, what the fuck? You're in the right place. But here, we talk about walking towards fear, straight into the heart of discomfort. Welcome to our journey as we hike the Pacific Crest Trail. Hi, um, I'm Topo. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Walking Towards Fear. I don't remember everything that uh, <laughs> Knuckles and Power Plant say at the beginning of this podcast, so uh, this is what you're getting. <laughs> I love it. That was perfect. We have nothing that we usually say, so you did a great job. No. That was great. We asked Topo to kick it off today on a whim, and then Knuckles just pressed record <laughs> to put him on the spot. This is our first pod all sitting on bear cans. Yes. We just left Kennedy Meadows four miles ago, and it's now... 8.37 at night, properly dark. <laughs> properly dark, and we just did our first proper PCT bear hang, too. We did, and it looks pretty good, I would say. Go team. That was a <laughs> lot of teamwork. It took us a while. It's like the first throw, right? You happened to somehow get it around the tree twice, the tree branch twice during your first throw. And the rock wasn't heavy enough to, to bring it down. We're surrounded by ponderosa pines, which this is my first time ever experiencing the ponderosa pine. And they smell, if you smell the bark of them, like you go and put your nose on the tree, it smells like butterscotch. And, or vanilla, right? That was the two D- yeah. flavors. Yeah, I guess it, it's different depending on the person. I always get butterscotch and I, I love always, it. I got vanilla, I think, when I tried it a while ago. I can definitely smell both. Like, depending on which but way you lean. Pretty cool. And we had a very friction-laden tree branch, for sure. It gave us some trouble. But we won. Humans tend to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I kind of understand it now. I'd never... I had done that with you once, actually, in New Hampshire. Yeah. But it was also very dark, and I was very confused. And it was raining. <laughs> it was raining. Very it was hard. raining. And that's kind of what happened. Like, it took way too much time to do, but we did it successfully, and we got up the next morning, and we were like, damn, it's still there. Sweet. Um, so that was kind of funny that the second time we were still figuring it out. But, I, yeah, it's up there. I would say it's pretty close to a proper, like, following all the rules PCT bear hang. Yeah. I think, yeah, as close as you're going to get, because those trees, you know, the tree that actually has the limb that goes out, far yeah. enough that's the right diameter that's the highest you know high enough up it, they're, they're hard to find yeah especially yeah. in the desert <laughs> and especially we did just leave kenny meadows so within the next two days ish we'll be hitting we'll be out of the desert yep into the sierra for a few hundred miles but uh based on that i think one of the things that i wanted to record a little bit is just our experience of kenny meadows what do yeah. you guys think I um, was underwhelmed, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> to be completely honest, um, it was definitely cool, a very iconic place. I had seen pictures of it, um, and it's kind of sort of what I expected. But um, there were a lot of people there, and I could tell it could be sort of like a vortex for some people who um want to be comfortable and you know they hit this massive milestone so they want to celebrate and it's also very slow <laughs> and we experienced that quite a bit because we left a full day after uh 
not quite a full day because we left today at maybe five o'clock. We at first wanted to leave in the morning, but ran into some shipping trouble with quilts and the shipping at the general store is just the slowest. <laughs> and I feel bad for them because they only have a few employees, but. Yeah, it was very interesting. It was like, tough. The, I'm assuming he's the guy that owns it. I'm not really sure, but there was this one guy behind the register for most of the time we were there who just seemed to hate everything about hikers being there, hikers needing assistance, hikers needing help, people in general. Yeah. We're like, that's a really interesting profession that you chose to work here because so many hikers need help all the time, um, including myself. So he was a pretty grumpy guy. And honestly, we were talking to the owner of a different spot in the area called Grumpy Bears Retreat. Yep. And he was actually just totally exhausted so the hiker season just takes it out of him. He's owned the place for 10 years. He's been hosting hikers for eight. And I think this is going to be their last year hosting hikers just because it's been a really tough year for them. Yeah, he said he had a lot of like, sort of ungrateful and... Demanding. It seemed like, yeah, very demanding and impatient hikers. He would, had a story about trying to install a washing machine because um, I think they probably only had maybe one washer, one dryer. And I believe it was free there. So everybody there was you know trying to get their laundry done. And um, there were people like ready to fist fight over putting stuff in this new washing machine. And he wasn't even done installing it yet. Yeah. And for context too, like ch town days are insane. Like they are so chaotic when things are running smoothly and there are systems in place that are functional. So to walk into this small place, Kenny Meadows, which again is a huge milestone on the PCT. But to me, the energy is kind of just off. Like all of us, so me, PowerPlant, and Topo, like since we got there, we're like, oh, we're kind of ready to scoot out of here. Yeah, we were kind of ready pretty quick too. I would say after after we ate at Grumpy Bear's Retreat and we came back, we were kind of like, all right, um, ready to go. Like I kind of, I've seen what I want to see and there isn't much else and we were very done. Yeah, and to top it off, Tipo, you had a fun experience last night, huh? Oh, yeah. So the, um, <laughs> so we ended up camping uh, just outside of uh, the general store in Kennedy Meadows uh, while we were waiting for you know our, our boxes to get in and for all the shipping to be processed. So we spent the night there, um, but there's this big like flat white panel just outside <laughs> of the general store. And there's like this tub that's got a projector and a whole bunch of movies and stuff in it. And I kind of, like, I thought it was kind of cool at first, but, you know, as nightfall was kind of coming around the corner, I realized we were camped right on the other side of the screen because we were using it for shade during the day. Um, but then, of course, the movies start just after dark when all the hikers are trying to go to sleep. So I was just trying to sleep and trying to sleep and trying to sleep with these movies just blasting right next door. Um, eventually I got to sleep, but it was probably a good four hours, maybe after, um, after we all went to bed. Which is so odd because for the most part, so they call it hiker midnight at like 9 PM. Cause most people are asleep by 9 PM. So you go to sleep at the sun and it's odd because the guy who was watching movies on this like big outdoor projector, like was a hiker. He was staying there. Yeah. So you'd think they'd be respectful and 
minimally like turn the volume down like volume was cranked and i don't watched, know if you i think brightness. he watched two movies too like he started one at eight o'clock which is kind of when everyone winds down and i understand if they want to watch one before it gets or after it gets dark because that's what it's for but i'm almost positive there were two movies so i remember waking up at like 10 30 being like all right bad grandpa with johnny knoxville does not <laughs> like play for two and a half hours <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I think they started with that, and then they did um, Avatar. You know the oh my god, oh my, the, the three-hour a... movie. Yes. Oh my. God. <laughs> I was there for the whole thing. <laughs> in your tent, staring at the ceiling, basically. Yeah. Yep. I was kind of in that space of I would fall asleep for a few minutes, yeah. and then I would wake up and I'd be annoyed that the movie was playing, but I would fall back asleep, and then I'd wake up and like the process would just repeat. Like, I wasn't conscious enough to kind of go find out and seek this person out and be like, who is watching many movies into the night? No. It, yeah. That was frustrating, for sure. Yeah. It, it, you know, it was kind of an odd place because it's, like you say, it's this huge milestone. Yeah. And, and pretty much everyone needs to stop there because the next kind of resupplies are kind of long. But it doesn't seem really set up for for hikers you know mm. it's um, unfortunately understaffed uh, so it's very difficult for them to process the amount of mail that goes through for all the hikers and I actually just found it really difficult to get water because there's no faucet or spigot or anything like that um, which seems really odd because they're in the desert and they're hosting like you know 50 hikers a day or and, something and they do have running water for sure yeah they, it's not like they're keeping yeah. it in tanks or something yeah so they have like a single gatorade like sports the five gallon the five gallon jug that you would see like on the side of a football field they have one of those and when it runs out you're supposed to go tell the kitchen but the kitchen's like one guy taking your <laughs> order and then making it who's just like trying to also survive the day and so yeah. crazy and, and the kitchen's not always open you know it's open kind of around meal times um, and then it closes down and the guy's not there. But, uh, you know, I mean, five gallons in the middle of the desert with little shade. You and know, 50 and, people and there. 50 people there, that's going to go really quick. So just trying to get your drinking water for the day was kind of a challenge. Yeah, and the only reason we stayed there a little bit longer was because I had, I think I had updated the pod before, mm -hmm. that I was allergic to my down quilt. And my face was really puffy. So one of the cool things actually yesterday next to Grumpy Bear's Retreat, after we got food, there's a place called Triple Crown Outfitters, which is like a single sto uh, storage container? Yeah. Shipping container. That's Literally. Shipping container filled with stuff where people can resupply food and they have gear swaps because at Kennedy Meadows, you're required to carry out a bear canister. So everything has to fit in this 11 and a half liter, you know, hard-sided can so that bears, you protect the bears and the bears are protected from you, all the stuff. And then you're also heading into the Sierras so most people pick up micro spikes and an ice axe. There's this place called Triple Crown Outfitters, which is really cool, run by Yogi, and I believe it's her husband. Um, and I was talking to them saying, hey, I was allergic to my quilt. I had a new one expedited and overnighted to Kendi Meadows. I paid like $75 in shipping, and it like was still kind of delayed based on how their system works. Yeah. Um, but her husband, Matt, was like, hey, I have a quilt that's a goose down quilt. Maybe you're just allergic to duck down. Like here, let me run home and get it for you. You can try it out tonight. And if it works, like at least you know, is it a general kind of feather allergy or is it animal specific? 
which was just super kind because it was a expensive quilt. It was a Western mountaineering. Is that a thing? Yes. I, I, that kind of rings a bell. Yeah. I think I've heard of those. Western Mountaineering, I think, is the I brand. I think those are very expensive. Super yes. expensive. Yeah. It was like a $600 quilt. And he was kind of like, can you like just not put it in your pack and like run off with it? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Of course. <laughs> like, I'll find you in the morning and there's a good chance that I'll be allergic to this and don't want to take it anyway. And lo and behold, I was this morning. Yeah, unfortunately. But You're puffy. Hopefully it was my last morning of puff because I did get my synthetic quilt today mm -hmm. so I have that with me I'm very excited for tomorrow morning to wake up and be like oh, how's the face <laughs> I really hope <laughs> I can say you're not puffy because if I notice that you're puffy I'm gonna be really sad for both of us Topo actually made a good point earlier he was like do you think it's gonna be a problem that power plant is next to you in a down quilt yeah I thought about that too when I took my quilt out today it didn't cross my mind. I hope that's not going to be problematic enough. Because I'll wear my down jacket with no yeah, problems. Yeah, exactly. So I think this should fix the problems. But that's why we were in Kenny Meadow so long. We were itching to get out of there. So as soon as I was able to pick that up, we repacked all of our stuff. Kind of took off like a shot. Mm -hmm. um, and I talked to, again, town days are chaos. I never have the free time I want to. But I got to talk to my family a little bit today. And on the phone, my mom kept hearing people clapping because every person that walks into Kenny Meadows, any person that's on the, the general store deck claps. Like they get like applauded for making it 700 miles through the desert, which I think yeah. is a really kind of fun part of that, that bit. That's probably my favorite part of Kennedy Meadows was clapping for everybody. And then when we arrived, we got an applause. Yeah. That was really, really fun. That was good. Uh, they did have a pretty good uh, hiker box that was well stocked. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that was. That was super good. We also got, we kazooed coming in too. That was We fun. did kazoo. Yeah. But we kazoo a lot. So we had, so going back to the water situation, I want to tell his story real quick. You managed to just show up <laughs> with 10 liters of water. I did. And that's a lot coming out of a five gallon jug. So I figured you got it from somewhere else. Can you tell that story? It's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. So... I, I was, yeah. So I was kind of getting fed up with the whole five gallons of water to feed 50 people in the desert thing. <laughs> I wasn't really buying it. So I went up front to the desk and I was asking, you know, is there a faucet? Is there a sink? Is there anything I can use to fill this, you know, to, to get some water so that we don't have to keep bothering you guys, you know, make your life easier, make our life easier. Uh, no, the answer was just no, you can't fill it anywhere. A There's grumpy no, no, yeah, it was a very grumpy. No. Um, he said, there's the orange jug outside, the five-gallon jug. Um, and I said, well, it's empty. He said, go talk to the kitchen. I said, there's no one in the kitchen. <laughs> he said, you know, they'll be back. And so I went outside and I waited for a while. Nobody came back to the kitchen. It was closed. Um, so then I went around and I figured, okay, uh, I know they have some showers in the back and they charge for showers. Maybe I can just go get some water out of the shower facility. Um, but it seemed, you know, when I went to the shower facility, there was like a wire, like bailing wire put through the, like, like the loop on the door and then twisted together so that you couldn't get it off. Um, I assume that if you pay for a shower, they must cut that wire <laughs> off or something. So you can, I don't know. It seemed very odd. And for context um, there, none of us showered or did laundry in Kennedy Meadows. No, so no. we don't know how that works. <clears throat> no. Um, 
but it was just so odd. It was so difficult to get water. So I did a little bit of investigating and I found that they did indeed have a faucet. They had a spigot out back with a hose. Um, so I did a bit of fiddling, you know, <laughs> in between the guys walking back and forth to the storage room. I kind of snuck back there and uh, I fiddled around and kind of assembled the hose uh, and then got the water running by flipping some switches and, you know, turning <laughs> levers and things. <laughs> I don't think I was supposed to. Definitely but not. But I love it. Then I, I hid behind the shed <laughs> while I filled my water bag with 10 liters of water from this hose. And I would just turn it off every time someone walked past so they wouldn't <laughs> hear me. And then I'd turn it back on and keep filling. And then, you know, I'd put everything back exactly as it was and I'd shut it off. And then I'd just go like running. Well, not running. But I was walking very quickly. <laughs> And determinedly out uh, kind of the front towards where we were um, where we were uh, camped and and as I'm walking out I guess the hose must have fallen off because of this little ladder that it was perched on so I didn't quite put it back right and it fell down and it made this loud clanking noise <laughs> and then uh, power plant looked up and he was like oh hey oh where'd you get the and, and I just kind of went <laughs> I kept running past <laughs> It's true. I saw him with his ten, big 10 liter water cell and I was like, hey, Topo, where'd you get all that water? He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but um, we had water for like the whole day today, which was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And we used all of it. I think I literally used the last liter to fill up to get to camp today. Yeah. Yeah. So we managed to survive for another day in the desert uh, with questionable means of acquiring water burgled water for <laughs> criminals i love it and now we are camped again four miles outside of kennedy meadows yeah. and we are next to a river the first river we have seen since whitewater junction yeah and that was a poor excuse of a river compared to this <laughs> yeah. yeah this this There's is a tiny river glorious <laughs> yeah that was more like a stream i would say like a fast running stream this is truly i would say 12 feet wide like actual river like we had to cross a bridge to get to this side of the trail <laughs> yeah exactly to go over the river it's been really nice so yeah overall i'd say kenny meadows was an amazing milestone like i remember we had a ton of fun and a lot of excitement heading into kenny meadows yeah um a lot of kind of anticipation like for the sierras that are coming we got there kind of couldn't wait to get out and we talked to some people who had zeroed there for a couple of days or were waiting things out or what have you, waiting on boxes just for like days on end. Mm -hmm. And we were like, no, no, we're, we're at you to get back out on trail. Uh, so now we have a six day-ish food carry, we think, hopefully. Probably a little bit more, six and a half, unfortunately, something like that. And we'll hit Mount Whitney soon. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're coming up on, there's kind of a lot of milestones right here in this short section. We've got, um, uh, you know, Kennedy Meadows, the end of the desert. We've got Foster Pass, uh, which is the highest point in elevation on the PCT that's, mm -hmm. you know, directly on it. And then, of course, we've got Mount Whitney just off the side of the PCT as we cross through. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to take a detour. It's eight miles up Mount Whitney and eight miles back, but it's not actually on the PCT. It's not on trail. So we're going to camp uh, just off the PCT. Or the campground actually may be on the PCT itself. Um, but in any case, it's, it's close by. We'll camp there. We'll get up in the morning, hike to the summit, summit it, and then come back down. And that's a 16-mile day, eight miles there, eight miles back. Um, 
So it usually takes everybody a whole day. It'll probably take us a whole day too, depending on when we do it. We might do it for sunrise. We might not. Still up in the air. I think I know Knuckles' uh, intention with sunrise hikes. But <laughs> 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 we still have got a little bit of a uh, mileage to go. So Yeah. I, I just want to do Whitney. I've obviously never done it before. It feels one of those things like when in Rome, like when you're right next to Mount Whitney, go hit Mount Whitney, especially when your PCT permit kind of allows you to go do that yeah. for a day. Especially when it's the highest point in the continental U.S. Yep. Yeah. Originally, I wasn't really thinking that I was going to do Whitney, but um, I think I'm going to. I think I've kind of come around on that decision. And it seems yeah. like from some comments on Far Out that we've been seeing, um, it's a pretty good climb and not super dangerous because we know it can be pretty dangerous with snowpack and stuff. Um, this year has been low snow year, so fingers crossed that we have the same luck as other people, but it seems like we can get up there, no micro spikes, no ice axe, which is pretty insane. Um, yeah, but I think we all have micro spikes and I think both of you also have an ice axe, right? We do. Correct. Just in case. So I left Kenny Meadows today. One of the things they have there is a scale for your pack where you like hang your backpack on this hook and it, you know, compresses the thing and it tells you how much your pack weighs. And Topo and Power Plant were both like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> but I was a little sadistic and I was just curious. Um, so leaving there today, my pack was 36 pounds. My Ooh. pack is rated for 35 pounds. Um, and I think the thing that's the saddest to me is it still feels lighter than a lot of it has in the desert based on carrying six liters of water. Yeah, because there have been times where we had a few days of food, probably four, I would say, maybe even up to six. Uh, when, we went, when we left Montezuma Valley, which was like mile 100, we had six days of food with us. And I'm sure around then we had a pretty decent water carry. So you're right, probably was a little bit more than leaving Kennedy. But think of all the new goodies we got. You know, we've got... Oh, we all have bear cans now. We I'm all not have the portable seats. We all have portable seats and crappy frisbees. <laughs> you can use your bear can to do laundry. You can use your bear can to pack out applesauce. Oh, <laughs> all, the, all the functions. Just fill it with ice cream. What? So we, we calculated the... You, you could only get like two or three days if you filled it with applesauce, though, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Calorie count. Yeah. If you fill your entire bear canister with applesauce, <laughs> that's all you ate. I think you're right. I think it was like two and a half days or something. It really wasn't that long. Although we were, Topo and I were joking this morning at breakfast, um, you know, tons of people end up putting olive oil just on all of their meals to get additional calories. Mm -hmm. And we were joking, just fill the can with olive oil and take a sip every mile. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it'd be tons of calories. That's true. <laughs> That would be probably the most calorically dense, right? Just oil. I think so. Something like that. That would be oil. pretty high. Like peanut oil or something. Oh. It sounds absolutely disgusting, but <laughs> if you need calories, I guess you could do it. Gross. I guess, I, well, on the other side of things, um, I've been cold soaking this whole trip, yes. but now I finally have given in and I shipped out my uh, pocket rocket stove, so I've I've joined uh, Power Plant and Knuckles here in having hot food, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Topo's as excited about his stove as I am about my quilt. <laughs> and let me tell you, I, I love backpacking. I think people that go ultralight is super cool. I know you're not doing it for ultralight reasons, 
but I could never cold soak my food. Like I love, it makes me so happy at the end of every single day to have a hot meal. And when we would get Feels close good. to towns where we knew we were getting more fuel and we didn't have to worry about it, we'd be like, Topo, do you want some hot food? <laughs> and it was never a no. <laughs> it, it makes a big difference. I, I really don't mind the cold food, but I think what I underestimated is um, just how much it cools your body down. So like on those cold nights mm. when the temperature was starting to drop, you know, in a valley or something, and then I would eat, you know, a cold soaked meal made with cold water. Uh, I was just shivering because cause I, I just felt so cold. But I now that. I can have like, I can have hot tea. I can have hot meals. It's going to be great. Yeah, we all had a backpacker meal for the for this dinner. We packed one out from uh, Kennedy Meadows and they were quite good. It was a total treat. But um, it's nine o'clock on the dot. What do we say we get you into your synthetic quilt? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. The first thing I'm going to do in the morning is just open up my phone. I usually sleep and I turn my phone off, but tonight I'm going to leave it on. So tomorrow morning it's going to be selfie of my face. Non-puff. Non-puff. <laughs> so two kazoos for success and one sad kazoo for puff. I would say yes, but my kazoo is in a tree. Oh, it's in the bear bag. Oh, is okay. It? Oh, because I keep it in my pack. fanny pack and my fanny pack has my I have my kazoo. I'll blow it. Okay. okay. In your face in the morning. <laughs> Perfect. We are now using our kazoos for long distance communication. So what it's was it? quite fun. Once for? One, one sad kazoo blast for puff and mm. two for success. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyone who's sleeping in the area will be woken up tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> I'm ready. Awesome. All right. It is time for bed. The stars are coming out. And uh, Topo didn't sleep last night, so cheers <laughs> to a better night's sleep. Perfect. Good night. <laughs>